All right. I want to pray with you. I'm excited about a brand new series that begins right now. The title of the series, Joshua, Fit the Battle of Jericho. It's a great song sometime. Go on YouTube and make sure you see the one sung by Mahalia Jackson. It's a powerful rendition from years ago. Father, you are the way maker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. That is who you are. So we come to this moment when you're going to speak through Holy Scripture. We're going to hear you. I know we will, Father. So hush every other sound and noise inside of us so that the Holy Spirit may have his way. We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was 13 years old when I left home for the first time. Turns out it was the last time, except for a few summers along the way. I'm a missionary's kid in Tokyo, Japan. The closest academy is 5,317 kilometers to the south in the island nation of Singapore, Far Eastern Academy. And I'm going to get on a big plane and fly out today. And I'll never forget that moment when my dad assembled the family together. We're going to have worship. We're going to have worship together. Small little Japanese house, smaller living room. I remember seeing my mother's eyes. They were red, and I knew she had been crying. And I'm really not sure how to interpret the big smiles on my younger brother and my little sister. Big bro is leaving. Peace at last. My dad took his old Bible, and he said, I'm going to read, Dwight, for you, a passage my father read to me when I left home for the first time. Turns out it's a passage I read to my kids when they left home one by one the last time. It's Joshua chapter 1, and I'd like to have family worship right now, if you're okay with that. And if you'd open your Bible to Joshua chapter 1, come on, you got a Bible. You're not totally reliant on technology. You have a Bible. Open it up to Joshua 1. Joshua 1. Wow. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, all right? He's kind of like the uh, prime minister. And God speaks to Joshua now. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I am trying to imagine how Joshua must have felt as he hears the capital V voice speaking somewhere, speaking to him. The God of Moses is speaking to me, little old me. 
And what's amazing to me is I read these words and I suddenly realize the God of Moses is speaking to little old you and little old me. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Be not discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Some of you are poised today on the brink of an uncertain future. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. You're changing careers in midstream. The doctor's walked into the room and has given you a diagnosis that is without hope. You're standing on the edge today. Your education's somewhere between now and then. You're still stuck in it, and you're not sure what's coming next. For all of us who stand at these moments when we are absolutely unsure of what comes next, God speaks these words. You're a volunteer leader, are you? You're a brand new leader. Whoa, are you filling some big shoes? They're not going to fit you. That leader that went before you is larger than life. And look at you. You're going to take her place. You're going to take his place. Good luck. You know what? If you are a leader, volunteer, paid, got a big constituency meeting going on tomorrow, leaders will be voted and voted in. If you're a leader standing on the edge and uncertain of what's ahead, you need to hear what God said to Joshua just now. It isn't, it isn't greater leadership skills that you need. Mm -mm. It's deeper spiritual depth that you need. And that's why God will say, that's why God will say to Joshua, yo, Joshua, keep this book of the law always on your lips. What's that mean? Let your lips speak it out loud so that your brain hears what your lips are reading. Meditate on the book, the book, the book. Meditate on it day and night so that you can be, you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You know what? I'm not worried for you, sir. Ma'am, I'm not worried for you. I'm not afraid. You're going to be fine. Why? Because you dwell in the secret place of the Most High and you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And in that proximity, you have been shaped into a companion with the Eternal. I'm not, a worry, I'm not a worried at all about your future. It's dark. You can't see a thing. But have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Be strong, girl. Be courageous, boy. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you whithersoever you go. How's that work? It works like this. God is always dependent on those who are dependent on him. He doesn't need leaders that have memorized every leadership book on earth. No, he needs leaders who have gone to the depths with him. And if you're dependent on God, I got good news for you. He's dependent on you. And oh boy, Joshua, is he ever dependent on God? But fascinatingly enough, do you notice this? There is no game plan. God does not tell Joshua a single thing to do. Why? Well, you got a brain. <laughs> you got a brain, use it, and I'll be with you. I'm going to tell you something. I've lived on this planet for a few years, and I've found out that most of the time, almost all the time, that's how God answers prayer. 
I said, God, give me an email. Give me a phone call. Send somebody to walk through that door. Knock, knock. Yo, I bring you a word for you. I've had that happen. God sent me to you. And I knew the moment she opened her mouth, he sent me. She, she sent her to me. So I've had it happen. Very rare. You know what God says to me? Come on, Dwight. You got a brain. I gave it to you to use. Now listen, wherever you go, I'm with you. Just use it. Go for me. I'll do it. And Joshua, he steps out. He says, well, well, come on. Let's, let's, let's do something. And here we go. So Joshua, right after the commands, Joshua orders the office, the offices of the people. I want you to go through the camp, tell the people, get ready, provisions ready. This is it. We're three days from now. You will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving for your very own. And the word like electricity spreads through this horde of people gathered on this side of the Jordan. My. And Joshua walks into that crowd. He sees a boy over there. Hey, hey, lad, come here. Hey, there's another one. You, come here. Hey, boys, come here. I want to talk to you. My friend Caleb, you know Caleb. Everybody admires that 85-year-old warrior. Caleb and I were part of a reconnoitering group, 12 spies. We went in. We measured the strengths. We took note of their weaknesses. And our assignment was come back to the camp and on behalf of Moses and God, give the report. Caleb and I were absolutely certain that if God fights for us, we can take this land. But 10 of them, the majority report, came back with two words. And they were the wrong two words. They said, we cannot. Well, I'm sending you back into that land, boys, just two this time. That's all it took last time to get the word and I need you to come back with two words, and I don't want those words. We cannot. And when the boys come back, guess what? We can. <laughs> That's what's going on right here. You don't get all that. But Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two young spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Awkward. I mean, please, guys. Motel 6, and you go here? Awkward. Robert Alter in his magnum opus, a one-man translation of the Hebrew Bible, which is the Old Testament. Here's how he renders this line. And Joshua, son of Nun, sent out in secret two men as spies from Shittim, saying, Go, see the land and Jericho. And they went and they came to the house of a whore woman whose name was Rahab, and they slept there. It's even more awkward now. What's going on? The truth of the matter is, there is no way to import our Western sensibilities into ancient narratives. We have no right to do that. Nobody is suggesting that the way the ancients lived should be by our moral interpretations, nor that we should live the way their ethical behavior lived. Women were chattel back then. Marriages could be polygamous back then. Sexual mores were not what they are today. Did God have an ideal for them? <laughs> but of course. Did, did the seventh commandment written with God's own fingers still read back then, thou shalt not commit adultery? Of course. But the fact that God winked at the moral ignorance of the ancients, as Acts 17 reminds us, he just kind of winked, 
is hardly licensed for you and me to embrace their ancient ignorance. And besides, may I remind you that the Mosaic Code, both the civil, the ceremonial, and the corporate code, is absolutely clear on the high ideal of moral purity. There's no way you can flim-flam around that. No. And besides... These two boys have a very fresh memory in their minds right now. Just days earlier, days earlier, they witnessed the fornicators in the camp of Israel who began to play sexually with the young Moabitess girls, pagans. They witnessed 24,000 deaths. The largest number of terminated deaths in the 40-year history of the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. The boys have that story in mind. Do you think they have any other plans in mind? (sighs) Of course not. What do the boys do? The boys do what any stranger coming to town would do, and that would be to blend into the anonymous shadows of a brothel. You'll be safe there. And so they go, not as customers, as boarders. And guess what? They got caught. And the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. We're talking about uh, a city-state. So the king of Jericho has all the territory around his walled city. But it's in a state of emergency tonight. That's right. The gates are all locked tight because the word has reached Jericho long before these boys, the spies, got there of a marauding army marching up from the Southland. It runs into two massive city-states, two kings, and annihilates them. There's not a witness left to what has happened. And they're headed this way. And in fact, that sprawling mob of people is 15 miles away on the other side of the river. The word is out. You better believe the king is nervous. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. And now we not only have a nervous king, we have a nervous prostitute. You know why? Because she's been putting two and two together for weeks now. She's heard all the rumors because men talk loud and hard in a brothel. And a conviction is growing in her polytheistic heart that maybe there was a God who was higher than all the other gods of earth. That's been planted in her mind now. Listen to her pouring out her heart to these two boys she now knows are spies. Israelite spies. So before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and she said to those boys, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. Forty years earlier is that story. We have heard... How he dried up the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings, the Amorite kings, east of the Jordan, whom you completely annihilated. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. My. 
from those terrifying snatches of rumors and reports, this prostitute believes that the God of this people is the reigning God over all gods. This newly minted monotheist. I believe. How do we know that's true? (laughs) Bible Hall of Fame chapter. Can't miss it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Isn't that amazing? My, my, my. I believe. Robert Alter goes on talking about, talking about a switch. Isn't this a switch? What a pointed reversal, he writes. What a pointed reversal of the failed spy mission in Numbers. There the Israelites quail before the gigantic inhabitants of the land. But what's happening here? Here a Canaanite woman reports that the inhabitants of the land are quailing before the Israelites. The story has been flipped over. We can. We can. Wow. I love this reminder embedded in the Bible commentary on Joshua. This is good. All appearances to the contrary notwithstanding. That's a tricky little sentence. You've got to read that a little slower. All appearances to the contrary notwithstanding. The forces of evil cringe today. The forces of evil cringe today before the manifest power of God. Keep reading. The kingdom of darkness is tottering to its fall, and Satan and his hosts know it. In view of this fact, let us be strong. My I don't care what's going on in Ukraine. I don't care what's going on with this national economy. I don't care what we're paying for a gallon of gasoline now. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. The fact of the matter is the kingdom of darkness is tottering to its fall, and Satan and his hosts know it. They know it because the book of Joshua begins. This Joshua who became the namesake of the pre-incarnate Christ who would come to earth. And when he chooses a name, he says, I want the name of that boy, Yehoshua. Call me Yehoshua. That Christ has already spoken. What did he say? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't worry about the hordes of darkness that are tottering all around you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow. He certainly directed the the steps of the two spies to this brothel where the invisible seeds of belief have already begun to sprout up in a prostitute's heart. He says, go there. Yeah, I'll be with you. (laughs) Why are you afraid? Ah, she comes up to those two spies who are hiding under the flax that's drying out on her now nighttime rooftop, and she speaks. Now then, please, swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. And the two boys reply, our lives for your lives they assure her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. And then one of them stoops over because the Hebrew word is for thread. She's a linen woman, and she, she, out of the flax, she produces textile, and he picks up a red piece of cloth. 
says, all right, I'm going to give this to you. That window that you're going to lower us out of right now, when we're gone, put this in the window. This is not the cord that they escaped. The Hebrew word is completely different. That's a rope. This is textile. I want you to hang this in the window. Never take it out. And on the day we sack this city, every human being who is gathered in that apartment space, we will spare. If the sign is in your window. She nods her head as she takes her textile back. Let it be so. Now they're ready to go, but she has last minute instructions. You know that she didn't yell this down from the top of the wall, so she gives them here. But it first describes them being let down by a rope. That's a different word. Through the window. For the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Back then, the ancients had double walls. So she's lived. Her apartment goes into the exterior, the outer wall, and the window is straight down to the ground. I have no idea how far down. So she let them down by a rope to the window. Now, she gives these instructions before they go, obviously. She says to them, now listen, go to the hills, that's to the west, so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. She had told the king's emissaries, go east, get to that river. They're probably trying to ford the river. She sent them the wrong way so that she could send these boys. I've been to Jericho. There's a towering cliff on the west side, peppered with caves. You go hide there for three days. Wow. Wow. And three days later, under the cover of dark, you know, those three, those two, dash to freedom, cross the river. They come to Joshua. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills. They forded the river. They came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands, and all the people are melting in fear because of us. We have come, sir. With your two-word report, what's the word? We can. We can. 38 years of a negative report now reversed. We can. We need that can-do spirit today, don't we? We can. Wow. I spy two spies with the word the Lord can surely Give the whole land. He has given it into our hands. Oh, what's that line from the Bible? Hall of Faith, Hall of Fame. By faith, the prostitute. You want to call her a whore woman, as it reads literally in the Hebrew? By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. I need to call a timeout right here. Timeout. There's something wrong with this story, and I noticed it this week. And I can't figure it out. I mean, have you noticed every time now this woman's story is retold in the Old Testament or the New Testament? It's like she's been branded with her past. She's always the prostitute. She's always the sexually fallen woman. Brand. And that's happening, by the way, notwithstanding the good news that's already embedded in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. What good news are you talking about, Dwight? Let me put it on the screen for you. Psalm 51, verse 10, create. The Hebrew word is bara. In the beginning, God barad 
the heavens and the earth. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God can wash you clean. And the New Testament echoes the same good news, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Can I get an amen to that? My, oh, my, oh, my. And yet poor poor Rahab has her past life her past record branded to her name in both testaments. And it makes me wonder why. You think about it. Could it be that God very much intentionally intends her name and her past to be lashed together by a scarlet cord that shall never be untied or unloosed in this life? Could it be that the scarlet cord in the window of Jericho And the crimson blood on the doorposts of Egypt are but harbingers of the scarlet and crimson blood that stains Calvary's middle cross. Could it be that God needed us to know that there is no sin too sinful? There is no sin too powerful that you cannot be cut free from no sin. Our staff enjoyed an all-day retreat together this week. But I want to read this. I, 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 want, to, I want to read this, this text. I got so excited I got a little ahead of myself here. Colossians 2.15. I love this. This is one of my favorite verses. I shouldn't have forgotten it. Come on. Here we go. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he, we're talking about Jesus, Yehoshua, he made a public spectacle of Satan and his armies triumphing over them by the cross. Isn't that something? The the truth of the scarlet thread, there it is. What did we read just a moment ago in the Bible commentary? All appearances to the contrary notwithstanding, the forces of evil cringe before the manifest power of God. The kingdom of darkness is tottering to its fall today, and Satan and his hosts know it. In view of this fact, let us be strong. Now I'll tell you what we talked about on our staff retreat, this all-day retreat, Monday. We spent some prayerful time deliberating a collaboration with the Center for Faith Engagement in Andrews University this fall, where in both places we're talking about church and campus. The theme of sexual purity will be front and center. Why are you doing that, Dwight? Because I'm hearing too many stories now. I'm hearing too many stories now. That's why. Pornography is Satan's most effective killer. It's not heroin. It's pornography. The destroyer of men and women's lives. We cannot sit here as a a campus congregation this new school year. We cannot just sit here and wish everybody well. We need a strategic. You got a brain, use it. And I'll be with you. We need a strategic plan to take on in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and hiding behind him the furious forces of darkness who will resist every effort to cut them off from this access to this parish, to you and to me. Yeah. 
The enemy himself has personally forged these chains of pornography that bind his victims and would love nothing more than for you, sir, to believe we cannot quit. I cannot be freed. I cannot be saved. I cannot be delivered. Yes, you can. You've got the negative report of the 10 spies. Take the two. We can. We can. So the power of the scarlet thread It's not my power. It's not your power. You don't have the power. Trust me. It's a lie. But Satan has been whispering into your mind. It's a lie. Nothing could be further from the truth. According to the gospel of Joshua, according to the gospel of Yehoshua, the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord. The walls can come down. The chains can be broken. And they will. All it will take is the power of the scarlet thread to make the difference. I close with these words. A century ago or so, these words were written. Tell Satan, who knows his kingdom is numbered, his days are numbered, his kingdom is tottering even now. Tell Satan of the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin. You cannot save yourself from... Stop right there. I'm going to tell you. It could read, you cannot save yourself from pornography. You cannot. You've tried a thousand times. It doesn't work. You cannot save yourself from pornography. You will have to have intervention. Tell Satan of the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin. You cannot save yourself from the tempter's power, but he trembles and flees when the merits of that precious blood are urged. Can I get an amen for that? Are urged. The power of the scarlet thread. Wow. What does Jesus say to us? What he said to Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Especially if you go to the cross. We need to respond to this. We can't just hear it. I'll put the connect card on the screen for you right now. If you'll text the word Joshua 1 to this now familiar number, 269-281-2345. You just text the word Joshua 1. You'll get these next steps. Step number one, I want to pray the prayer of deliverance. His blood be on us and on our children. I've prayed that prayer in my lifetime, morning after morning after morning. It's Matthew 27, 25. It's right there embedded in the story of Calvary. The people meant it as a curse, but I have claimed it as a blessed prayer. His blood be on us and on our children. His blood be on us and our children. I want to pray the prayer of deliverance. Scribble that down, Matthew 27, 25. Please pray for me. I need Jesus' victory. I do. Pray for me. If you put a check mark there, we will pray for you. We will. 
And I want to be baptized and follow the Lord of Calvary. You've never followed the Lord of Calvary yet? Perfect time. We'll be in touch with you electronically. We'll look at what you, what, what would work well for you as you think about this desire. It's a good time to join Yehoshua in the final battle. It's a very good time. Let's pray. Oh, God. You have commanded us. Be strong and courageous. We get it. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you wherever you go. You'll never be alone, ever. Oh, God, deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from evil. And in the power of the scarlet thread, hanging from our, the, 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 the portals of our soul, Please know we wish to be under the blood. We can't do this on our own. We have shown ourselves we can't do it on our own. So grant us the courage and the victory that comes with help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to sing an old hymn. Oh, I love this. You're going to see white and scarlet and white, scarlet, white, all the way through this. This is beautiful. Cover with his life. That's, the, that's, that, that's this hymn. We're going to sing the first three stanzas. Hymn 412, 412 in your hymnal, but you, the words will be on the screen, and we're going to stand. We're not going to sit while we make this commitment to Jesus. As you sing the words, white and scarlet, back and forth, lift your life to the one who says, you and me together. We got it.